We were a one-car family for seven years until now, and we learned some lessons through this journey, which I am definitely going to share with you shortly. Are you tired of the traditional money advice? Me too. Bienvenida. Welcome to the Her Money Matters podcast. Join me each week for down-to-earth money conversations that will leave you with more confidence and inspiration to help you take control of your money. And you will probably learn some Spanish along the way too. Lista? You ready? Empecemos with. Let's get started. It is officially season seven. ¿Cómo te va? How is it going? This is Jen Hempel, your host. I am excited to have you here today. I wanted to start this season off with a solo episode as we recently had a transition in our family. We became a two-car family after being a one-car family for seven years. And I wanted to share this with you as there were some important lessons I particularly learned. In this episode, you're going to learn why we took the leap and what were we trying to achieve with this crazy choice. What we did those seven years instead of having a second car. You're also going to learn why we shifted gears seven years later and went back to being a two-car family and all the lessons that we learned. Before we get into it, I wanted to do the weekly shout out or la mención semanal. And this week, I want to recognize Cassie or maybe Casey. <laughs> uh, so you know, you will know who you are. So Casey is a single mom who really is only able to rely on herself financially as there's no financial support from anyone. And what she has shared with me in the community of what she's been able to achieve recently floored me, absolutely floored me. She has uh, not only had progress in her health journey by losing a ton of weight, but she also has made a huge dent in paying off some debt and paying off some a student loan and paying off a credit card. And so I just want to give you kudos, Cassie, because doing what you're doing. First of all, I have utmost respect for single moms listening here. And second of all, especially that you, Cassie, has had to, you know, you didn't have any financial support. You were relying on yourself through all this and taking care of your kiddos and do, wanting to have um, progress in your health journey, wanting to pay off debt. So I really am so thrilled and proud of you. And so I wanted to acknowledge you for that. Now let's get back to today's content. And as I mentioned, we were a one car family for seven years until recently. That to me, just thinking back and look, doing the math of when we became a one car family and realizing that it's been seven years I'm just, my jaw drops, literally, because it's, that's a long time. That's, that feels like a long time. Now, the reason why we made the decision of becoming a one-car family was for the, well, it was a few reasons. Um, we wanted, uh, that we wanted to save some money. We were at that time still paying off debt. 
And really, we were, as you know, we're military. And so when we made the decision, we, act, we had these two cars. One of them was paid off. And we had literally ran that car to the ground. We had been driving it for over t- of about 10 years. At that point, had put a ton of miles on that car. Azusa Trooper, if you have an Azusa Trooper, oh my goodness, they're such great cars. And I don't think they make them anymore, but it had traveled basically all across the US uh, with our moves. It was our first car when we got married that we bought together. Uh, It traveled in South America as well when we're stationed. So literally that car had been with us and it was hard to give it up, but just maintaining it with the different things that needed to get done, it was just too much. Now we had the other car, which we had a loan on. And we were getting ready to move. And our next duty station at that time, my husband, his assignment was basically school. And so where we were going to live, we were living on post. So it just, it just naturally made sense that we can get rid of that one car, our Isuzu Trooper, which I absolutely love. And by the way, I cried that day. Uh, it was an emotional moment for me. But um, so it was just a natural transition that we went to our next duty station and we, there was no need for a second car. So it just made sense. Everything, it just kind of the, everything made sense in terms of what we were trying to do. And there was no need for a second car. So it gave us ability to focus on paying off our debt. Uh, Our goal was like to continue to pay off our debt, to save more money, to what we wanted to do too as well, which we didn't start right away. We weren't able to start right away was to save for the next car. So that way we would give us the ability or the possibility to pay our next car in cash, right? So that's what we did. We started, uh, now again, we didn't start saving for that next car. You know how Dave Ramsey, that's, that's his suggestion, which I absolutely love. Take what you would pay in terms of a car payment and put that away, right? So you can save it for your next car. So that's what we started doing, but years later, what we first, when we first um, started this journey of being in a one car family, we were focusing more on trying to save more money with our emergency savings, paying off debt. Cause at that point, this was our 10 year in our marriage. And that's when things were starting to shift, meaning things I was frustrated. I felt a lot of shame with what was going on with our finances. And I was determined we were going to make a change. So part of that change was hey, let's not get it. Let's not get another car. There's no need. We didn't want two different car loans. So making two different car payments, right? Now, you're probably wondering, was it hard? Was it a pain? We have two boys and that had their things to do. And honestly, sometimes it was hard, but you kind of adapted to having only one car. So what basically the mindset wasn't like, oh, if we had another car, this would be easier, but rather what can we do with the situation that we had, right? So the situation was we just had one car. So we may do, granted, we were, at, when we first started this, we were living on post. My husband had class, which he could walk to. So that also helped, right? Uh, so that helped facilitate not needing that second car. So so it's not, I'm not glorifying that we uh, were with just one car for seven years, there were some instances in that those seven years that made it easier as well. Because in those seven years, one year was the school that I just mentioned. Two years of that, my husband was gone. And then 
another two years. Again, it was living on base um, and it was just easy for him to get to his job. So that's if you total up the years, so I'm being just keeping it real here. If you total up the years, one year in school, two years where he was gone, that's three, and then two years where we were living on base, that's four. So that's half, you know, basically half of that time. Uh, and the rest, you know, we've, he was either um, getting on the metro or the bus uh, to get to work. So we just made it work, right? Now, we recently became a two-car family, right? And it was time, it was, things have shifted. Uh, the kids are getting older. They need to be in more places. So now, even though the kids are older, they're independent, but they're more dependent on uh, having to get to and from their sports and those different activities, right? Then my husband, where he has to work now is, it's not necessarily you can't just get in a bus and get there or, or, or public transportation. Um, so therefore, the car was a necessity at this time. Now, remember I told you that one of the purposes of being that one car family, besides paying off debt, was to also save for the next car, right? That's how it, and we didn't start doing that. I was trying to look back and prepping for this episode. I was trying to look back through our bank transactions and all that. I was trying to look back how, when exactly did we start saving? Uh, it was actually kind of hard because I name my accounts, like this one, you know, future car, I think is the name, but it was previously a an account for a different purpose. So <laughs> I can't tell when we started saving, but I know it, it's been, I would say three to four years ago. Okay. So we, that's when we actually committed and where it was had uh, more of a cash flow to be able to save for the next car. All right. So again, most recently, t- the time came just to purchase a new car. And we had been saving, putting away for this instance when we were going to buy a car. But <laughs> here's the kicker. When we decided that it was time to purchase a new car, even though we had some savings, we didn't have all the cash we needed for this car purchase or that, that we wanted, that we needed to make. There are some things that we didn't take into account when saving because the car that we've been driving, because it was all we had, we put more miles on it. So, and it's gotten older. And uh, so there was a maintenance piece, right? So recently we've had to, we didn't factor that uh, when we started saving for the next car. We didn't factor into how old the current car is uh, because currently it's reached over 175,000 miles. Uh, So naturally it's had to have the bigger uh, fixes, which cost more money, uh, which actually had to come out out of that account, right? Um, and it's been substantial. So that's that's where it came out of instead of, obviously, I'm, I'm not about to uh, go into debt for that. Uh, so what happened was, yes, we were planning for our next car purchase by saving, but we weren't thinking about how long, you know, we were just projecting three, four. It was hard to say because especially with the different moves that we made, we didn't know where we were going to at, were we really going to need a car where we were at, where we were going to be those type of things. So we didn't have a good sense of how much into the future are we going to need this car. So literally we were just kind of saving blind and then having to take out of that savings when our current or our older car needed maintenance, right? So long story short, we did have to, um, 
to take out a small loan, right? So, and I'm going to tell you some something about that debt, right? And how it's not a failure because sometimes we get into, I guess I'll be telling it now since I'm talking about it now, we get into how debt is bad and it's not necessarily like the most convenient thing to have. Um, and then maybe we pay it off and then we beat ourselves up if we're back in debt. But notice that when I say we're back in debt, I'm not feeling ashamed. I'm not feeling um, guilty. I'm not feeling any of that. It was a very deliberate decision because we could have just purchased a car with the money that we had in the bank, right? We could have, but we had to look at our current car and it didn't make sense for us to uh, buy a car that costs less that especially knowing that our current car was older and I wasn't going to last. It has maybe a several more years uh, where we would want to keep it, right? So it was a deliberate decision and making a car purchase where we bought, invested more in the new in the newer car because we bought a used car where we made a bigger investment in that car because we didn't want to be replacing two cars at the same time. So that was the thought process with that. All right. So there was, it was deliberate. We have a plan. I'm paying it off quickly, but I wanted to say that just because if you are working to pay off debt and then you are finding yourself back in debt, you want to see, was it deliberate? Meaning, was it intentional? Like in the case that we made that intentional decision to take a small small car loan out uh, for this car. Uh, now, if it was, if it's uh, more you getting back in debt with credit cards, that's another story, right? Because you have to address the behavior of the purchases of how you are using that credit card. So, but that's a whole different episode. So let me get into the lessons learned uh, with being this one car family for seven years. So before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. The lessons learned, even though the intention was to save for the next car, which we did, we didn't assess the current car, right? How long we had had it, and then if we owe, because we had a, we, it's, it's been paid off for a while, but what we, what you need to do and what I suggest you doing is that you assess your current car. If you're, whether you're a one car family or not, this is just in general, when you're planning, this is when you're planning for your next car purchase, because I think you, I think it's very important to always be planning for your next car purchase and be always be saving for your next car purchase, especially if you do not want that car loan. So you want to assess your current car, how long you've had it, if you have a, a loan on it, how much you owe, and if you owe, when will you be paying it off? And also, you want to know how long do you intend to keep your current car? So what does this look like? in mileage, in years, in terms of like, well, you can look up information in terms of like the cars and what kind of maintenance they need and when and all that stuff. So when would you need to approximately replace it, right? And then on top of that, you want to, and again, this is back to the lessons I learned, 
How much of a car do you intend to get to replace it? Right. And if you intend to pay cash, how long would it take to save that money to replace it? So I just said a lot. So I'm going to、uh, break it down. I asked all. I said all those things because we only plan when we planned. We just planned on just saving. Our goal was like we'll buy the next car cash. Right. As you know, that didn't happen. It didn't happen because of these things I just mentioned. It didn't happen because we didn't assess our current car, how long we had had it. Again, so what you need to do when you're planning for the next car, if you want to be saving for the next car and paying cash, you want to assess how long you have had it. If you owe, how much do you owe? And if you owe, when are you going to pay it off? Right. You also want to assess how long do you intend to keep that car. Before you, you you replace it, and what does this look like? So, how long do you intend to keep it, and what does this look like in terms of are you going to replace it at a hundred and seventy five thousand miles, at a hundred and fifty thousand miles, or are you you'd say I'm going to drive it until it it's over two hundred thousand miles, right? So, how long do you intend to keep it, and what does this look like in mileage? Uh, or how many years from now? Maybe it's not the mileage. Maybe you would just want to replace your car and have something different in three to five years. Okay. And another thing to consider is when do you need to replace it? Now, even though our intentions of being that one car family was to save, pay off debt, save for the next car where we would pay the next car cash,、uh, you'll know that that didn't happen. We had to take、um, a small loan out for the car, and I'm going to share with you why that didn't happen. In order, so with the hopes that it helps you in planning. For saving for your next car, whether you're a one-car family or not, this is just about planning for saving for the next car. So, one of the lessons that I learned here is that we didn't do was assessing the current car. What do I mean by that? So, the current car that we had once we dispose of our Isuzu, beloved Isuzu Trooper, was. That we didn't really consider how long we had the Honda. So we had a Honda Pilot, which I love, by the way. So how long have we had the Honda Pilot, or how long have you had the car that you're maybe intending to replace, or maybe that、uh, in case of if that's the only car that you have, how long have you had that car before you need? <laughs> Where it, you may have to invest more, or get rid of it, or replace it. Okay, so you want to assess the current car. How long have you had it? If you owe on it, how much do you owe? So if you have a car note, if you're making car payments, how much do you owe on it? And if you owe on it, when will you pay it off? Okay. So in addition to that, you want to know how long do you intend to keep it. Okay, so when you're thinking through how long do you intend to keep it, what does this look like in mileage? Are you wanting to replace the car when it, the odometer goes to over one fifty thousand miles, or maybe one hundred and seventy five? Or you're thinking, oh no, I'm going to drive it to well, it's well over two hundred thousand miles, right? Or maybe this looks like I want to replace or get a new car or a newer car in five years or in three years. So really, what that Does, does that look like okay? And also, when do you need to replace it? So there's one thing: is how long do you intend to keep it in terms of mileage, 
in years. But the other part is when would you need that next car? So whether replacing it or when would you need that car? All right. And why it's important to know is so you can work backwards. But before, so you need to know in terms of the mileage, how long from now, whether three, five, 10 years from now, whatever that is for you. And then you also want to know how much of a car do you intend to get to replace it? And what do I mean that by that? How much money do you intend to spend on that next car? Are you going to just spend, um, I don't know, $10,000? Are you going to spend twenty? Are you going to spend $40,000 or more? And then if you do intend to pay cash, which I do highly recommend, is completely up to you. If you do intend to pay cash, is how long would it take to save that money to replace it? Okay. So again, you want to assess the current car. How long have you had it? If you owe, how much do you owe? If you owe, when will you be able to pay it off? Uh, how long do you intend to keep this car? And what does this look like in terms of a mileage in years? And when would you need to replace it or want to replace it? And how much of a car do you intend to get to replace it? And if you intend to get pay cash, which I encourage you to do. I know it's not feasible, obviously, for everyone. Obviously, we didn't, weren't able to succeed this time around. Uh, but if you intend to pay cash, how long would it take to save for that money to replace it or purchase that car? Again, I wanted to share those things to help you plan for that next car better than we did because we didn't take these things. We took some of these things into consideration, but not everything. Okay, so it's important to take those things in consideration. So, for example, um, let's say you're a one car family because this will make it easier since we just experienced this. So, let's say you're a one car family, you have your current car that you have, you don't know anything on it, but the mileage on the car, I'm gonna make things up, is 150,000 miles. Okay, so then you would ask how long do you, okay, so in terms of how long do you intend to keep it? So at 150,000 miles, when do you foresee you up to what, how many miles do you foresee yourself driving the car? Maybe it's 200,000 miles. And how long would that be from now? So you have to then assess how often do you drive? Do you drive? So if it's 150,000 miles, and you're going to get rid of it at 200,000 miles approximately. That's 50,000 miles. How? Let's say you drive 10,000 miles on it a year. That's five years, right? If I did my math right. If not, don't tell me. <laughs> uh, so that's, and that's in five years that you intend to replace it. Okay, so let's just say that's how it goes. All right, so we got to five years from now. And then now the next thing is how much of a car do you intend to get it to get to replace it? So let's just say you want to, sp you feel like uh, you need to spend $20,000 that that would get you a, an adequate car for you for what you need. So let's say you're working on paying cash. So let's say that $20,000, which maybe you'll need more in five years because cars, what happened, goes up in price, right? But let's just, for the simplicity of this example, let's just say in five years for $20,000, you're gonna get a very, a very good car. Again, <laughs> five years from now, cars will continue to go up. But for simplicity, just roll with it, okay? So let's say you decide $20,000 is a good number uh, and in five years. So then you just work backwards. So you have five years to save $20,000. What does that look like? You take the 20,000, you divide it by five, 
it gives you a yearly number. And then from there, you're going to come up with a monthly number and then see how does that fit in your monthly spending, right? Does it fit? Are you able to do that? Do you have that extra X amount of dollars every single month to put away or not? And if you don't, what can you do to adjust? Or do you wait, um, give it a little time before you start that saving, okay? So hopefully that was helpful in terms of planning for the next car. So that was one of the lessons that we learned is we didn't fully assess our current car and the needs (laughs) and what we wanted to do. Uh, The next thing uh, that was a reminder, and it's a lesson slash reminder, is we need to be flexible, right? doesn't matter how great of a planner you are. Uh, or the actions that you may take to achieve that plan, there may be unforeseen or unexplored circumstances that put a damper in that plan. And that's how it is. That is life. And you just have to roll with it and continue to press forward, right? So it's really, really important to continue to be flexible. Like in our case, we didn't achieve what we set out to achieve, right? Uh, We, the unforeseen or the unexplored circumstances for us was the maintenance on our current car. We didn't take that in consideration. So therefore that we had to use some of that money when we had put away for the next car that we had planned on paying cash uh, towards to fix the current car. And there were some significant um, fixes that we had to do. All right. Then the next thing that I learned was how doable uh, just living on one car. I mean, we did it for seven years. Again, not going to glorify this and say, this was just easy peasy and everyone can do seven years with one car. There were those, those circumstances that I shared with you that out of the seven years, two of those, my husband was gone. So therefore there was definitely no need for a car. One of those, he was at school and he just literally had to walk to his class because we were living right next near the class. Uh, two of those years were where his job was on base. So it was easy to get to. And I worked at home. So really, really simple. So four years out of the seven, um, it wasn't that hard, right? Now, um, then the last lesson was, or the last yeah, lesson or just kind of a want to remind you was that even though we didn't intend to take a car loan, right? We didn't intend to do that. We wanted to save. Uh, that was the whole purpose. We were saving to pay the next, this car that we just bought cash. And, but we had to take a car loan and notice that I, I say it and I'm not cringing. It was intentional. We made that intentional decision because we could have used that cash that we had and bought a car, but we had to consider uh, our current car and how long uh, we were going to stick with it. And it didn't make sense to buy a car with the current cash and have to replace two cars at once, right? So that was the thinking behind it, as I mentioned uh, earlier. So I hope that was helpful for you. And uh, next week, we are going to be meeting and talking with Natalie Morris. And let me tell you, if you still want to cringe when you hear the word net worth, Natalie will change your mind. No doubt about that with what she shares next week. So get excited. That is a wrap for today. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to tune into the show. You can check out the show notes over at jenhempill.com forward slash 
36. So don't forget, if you love this episode or if you love this podcast, please, please, it would mean the world to me if you take a moment to share with a friend or a family member. So let's keep it going. You've all done fantastic. Uh, each time someone new comes in the community, there's a good portion of those people that come because someone uh, shared this podcast with them. So I truly, truly appreciate that. So I appreciate you listening and we'll talk again next Thursday. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Ciao. The Her Money Matters podcast is produced by the Fantastic Audio Editing Solutions. 